Welcome to a very special Paper Keg Podcast, first ever movie book club edition. Uh, obviously, everyone knows that music. It hits a it hits something in your heart. The Wolverine, James Mangold, happening. Uh, I'm joined by two dear friends. Jonesy loves beer. Welcome. Hello. Thank you for having me to this one of a kind show for a one of a kind film. Uh, you're an unpublished writer. Just want to make sure everyone knows by choice who you are. Your father. You enjoy the supple juices of Diet Cola. <laughs> and uh, our final host, final living host, just got an Xbox One. Um, I don't know how he pulled himself away from horrid download failures. He's a father. Dale underscore A. Welcome. Uh, thanks. It's good to be here. Uh, we have got together based on the fact that if we didn't podcast about it, we would never see the movie. You understand? So yeah, that's we really figured, it. You know what? Let's podcast about it since we forced ourselves to see the movie for the podcast. Does that make sense? I don't know. It does. Okay. You make perfect sense. Let's don't. I believe in miracles. So, The Wolverine, I saw it in theaters by myself, like a champion. Um, you two had not seen it, so we threw out the idea, the notion that we do a movie book club about it. So that would get you two to see it, and we could talk about it together as friends mm-hmm. forever. Um, and it worked. So, James Mangold directed, obviously Hugh Jackman returned... Um, just now on digital. It's not on a DVD yet. So we 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 bought the unrated version, the or the extended version. Um, Jonesy, do you want to talk about what the Wolverine is? I would love nothing more than to synopsize this film. So hot off the heels of hit film X three, uh, The Last Stand, Wolverine has gone back to the Canadian wilderness. He is a wreck of a man with a beautiful, bushy beard who just lives in the wild with his crazy echoes of Jean Grey living in his head, haunting him, if you will. He's truly a destroyed man after forcing to kill uh, the love of his life. So, you know, there's a great scene where Wolverine tracks down somebody who killed a bear with a poison-tipped arrow and Wolverine has already made a you know an insane secret promise to Gene, you know, not to kill anymore. And uh, this hunter just rubs him the wrong way, and he's like, you know, sorry, Gene, I'm gonna kill again anyway. Insane secret promise. And one of those, <laughs> <coughs> well, you know, levels of insanity are high in Wolverine at the beginning of this film. So that there is a great one-off line where you know he accuses a guy of um, poison uh, tip or tipping the arrows with poison. And then when the guy says, no, he doesn't, you know, Wolverine slams the arrow through his hand. He's like, then you got nothing to worry about, bub. Uh, great. I, I'm paraphrasing. I added the bub, I think. Yeah. But awesome line. 
in the bar uh, as the locals go to attack him is uh, Yariko, the granddaughter of Yoshida. If you follow the Claremont uh, masterpiece, these names are beginning to sound familiar for you. And she has come to <clears throat> bring Wolverine back to Japan so that her father can say goodbye to him. And in the opening minutes of this film, Wolverine was in Nagasaki when the bomb dropped. And he took a young general uh, from the disaster, threw him in a pit that he had previously been a prisoner of, and kind of saved his life. So now in, in the present, Yoshida wants to thank him before he dies of a terminal illness. So Wolverine uh, finally accepts to go to Japan to, to meet this guy and, and say his farewells. Uh, there he meets Mariko, uh, his, his, you know, his greatest love interest uh, from the last 30 years of comics. And um, he begins to see the pieces coming into play of Yoshida's plan. You know, he wants Wolverine to um, transfer his healing factor to him so he can kind of, you know, not become young again, but not have to live eternal illness and still take care of his family, who he views as splintered. You kind of see that Yoshida's family is not going the right direction. You know, his son has led the company down a bad path, and you know Mariko wants nothing really to do with it. And um, Yoriko is also a mutant, so you know she obviously can't inherit the company. She can't do anything. You know, there's kind of a can't save face with a mutant in the family. So Wolverine initially declines, but there is a Lady Viper. Is that is that her name in the just, film? Just Lady Viper, Viper, I think. Just Viper, who is a mutant and also a like um, some kind of insane pharmacist, where she sets up a Wolverine to have a decreased healing factor. So for the first time in films, Wolverine is not at a hundred percent capacity, and he must find a way to fix himself, find a way to fix. The situation with Mariko because she's on the hunt because it will be her that inherits this the company from Yoshida, and finally discover who's been tainting him all along: <laughs> the Wolverine. Uh, I think uh, we just put it out there that this this is going to get into spoilers up front. Mm -hmm. I don't think uh, uh, there will be uh, no dancing around the issue here. We're going to be getting into it, folks. So. Uh, you might want to turn off your broadcast at this point if you don't, if you're worried about that, and come back and revisit when you do see the movie. And if you don't uh, care about spoilers and you want to listen anyway, because uh, you know it, it might not, it won't ruin things for you because you enjoy the journey. Then please continue along with us. Thank you. Good little PSA from Dale underscore A. So obviously, so I don't know about you guys, but when this movie first came out. Um, Aronofsky was, or when it was first talked about, kind of in the trade press and the internet, Darren Aronofsky was working on the script at the time to direct. And that was like the greatest thing I'd ever heard ever. <laughs> and, and Hugh Jackman was excited. Aronofsky was excited. They, were, they said it was going to be in Japan called The Wolverine. And I my bottoms just ex exploded at that point. Yeah, how could you? And, how could you not be excited? Yeah, and I mean, since this was kind of a, maybe a year or so or two after Wolverine Origins, which 
for the large part, comic book fans and the general public did not uh, appreciate. So, and then Aronofsky bowed out of the project, said he didn't want to spend that much time in Japan away from his family. So I was like crushed. And then eventually Mangold uh, was announced and, you know, he'd done 310 to Yuma, Copland. So that kind of brought some excitement back, but not as much as Aronofsky would have for, in my view at the time. So, I mean, once the trailers hit and everything, I was like, oh my God, this is it. Take me, Jesus. (laughs) This is my moment. I'm going to ascend into heaven and see the Wolverine. Um, so when I first went to go see it, I went, uh, by myself, my wife had no desire. So we, at the, I think we couldn't figure out where the kid would stay. So I went and saw it and my initial reaction when I first saw it. So I'd seen it a second time before we recorded this was that it wasn't the excellence that I was expecting. I think I had built it up in my head that, man, this is, this is the final chance to get it right all the pieces are coming into place and it didn't hit on all cylinders for me. And I think the problem was, or maybe is that the last samurai, which I talk about constantly and I won't maybe reference it as much as I want to, but the last samurai is like one of my all time favorite movies. And that set such a high bar in my view of the kind of lost samurai looking for redemption and it just didn't even give a crap and wanted to die that it was like so hard for this film to do that same thing with different characters. Um, right. And, but on and st- supernatural characters at that, I mean, it's uh, elevated. It, it, I, I understand what you're saying. Yeah. I mean, whereas the last samurai is very gorgeous and pure. Um, this is still, this would be the last samurai with, mutants and comic book characters. Mhm. But um but on second viewing I think my expectations were tempered that I had seen it and I knew what the negatives going in in my view that I actually really enjoyed the second viewing a lot more than the first time I saw it where I didn't have such lost maybe lofty expectations where I just sat there kind of as a movie fan not waiting for this white unicorn for me to ride off into the sunset. And I really, really loved it the second time around. Like all the kind of slow beats that I remember in theaters were not slow. Like the chase scene with Mariko and Wolverine. Mariko was not nearly as annoying as the first time I saw it. (laughs) Um, So one of my negatives was when I first saw it was Mariko and Wolverine had like literally negative chemistry. Like they were brother and sister when I first saw this movie. And I didn't even think Mariko was that great. And I'm not saying she is great on the second viewing, but she was one of the detriments that I had. Um, yeah, Mariko, I, there were, I thought Mariko was really good. And all I can think about is when, they ran off to the little Japanese house at the end of the line mm-hmm. and her hair was wet Talk in the rain it. and she had that kimono on Mariko. Um, she was gorgeous. Dale, I just pictured you in a matching kimono watching <laughs> with, with my wet hair <laughs> on the porch. No, with the, you know, I imagine that cra- scene like in the Dale's fantasy world where they just cut to Dale also in that scene in the background <laughs> soaking wet in a kimono. 
<laughs> looking like a just uh, watching, <laughs> looking like a sumo with my uh, <laughs> grotesque belly hanging out. Um, but the I yeah I didn't I didn't really mind her. I I guess I could see that for I guess for a lot of the beginning when they met there was there was very little chemistry. But I mean the way. I'm sorry, but the way the way uh, Wolverine just just like stuck up for her, man. I wanted to sleep with Wolverine. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> he is such a BA that like he's just. I mean, it's just the whole funeral chase. Like it was amazing. The chivalry that funeral that funeral chase scene was pitch perfect. That when they they're at that scene, it's gorgeously shot. Everything in that scene is amazing looking, and where he just gets the vibe that the something's not right, and it turns out that the yakuza is there to take Mariko. That that whole action scene was great. I thought Mangold did the complete opposite of what Nolan has done in the Batman movies, where he somehow knew how to shoot an action fight scene without it just getting so jumbled. And you can't see anything happening where the fights in this in this movie were fantastic. I thought, man, there's the, whoever choreographed, choreographed this film. Uh, before I drop it on you, before I drop my opinion bomb on you, uh, just in that third act where Wolverine's shirtless and he's like hitting one guy with a claw, and then his katana's on the other side, and then back again on the claw. Like that was some of the best, coolest. Wolverine the, fighting, I think we've the seen corded so far. veins running through his arms. My God, that, that dark the, the, where he fights Shingen, Shingen at the uh, near end in that pseudo dark blue lit scene. Like I was bottomless. <laughs> like I was, I was just, I was licking the TV screen at that point. And when I first saw that in theaters, I almost just lost it. That's uh, that you, scene is amazing. Do you read the trivia for this by any chance? Do you know that? Before every shirtless scene that Hugh wanted to do, to, in order to get more muscular definition, he would uh, dehydrate himself for like 36 hours so that his muscles would actually physically bulge. Wow. Uh, like he, he equated it to like having, you know, a headache and a stomachache for like an entire day. But when he went back and saw the dailies, he, he realized it was worth every time that he did it. Because he looked like a brick s house every time his shirt was off. Can we talk about the axe scene where he was cutting down that tree and his right arm looked like he, he looked like he was about to mutate into a uh, Tetsuo yeah, at the end did. of Akira. He did <laughs> the cords. I, I couldn't believe that the he python must have dehydrated himself for a month. <laughs> so let's hear jo- uh, Jonesy your opinion on uh, the Wolverine. So the Wolverine uh, comes in just behind X two is my favorite. X-related film. Uh, the fir- First of all, the choice to go rated R and let Wolverine be foul-mouthed and actually do some violence uh, was a superb direction. And I don't say that because it wasn't gratuitous. That's right. I f- I but it allowed... It, I, I yeah, it allowed Mangold, it rated R. There's a lot of F-bombs I, in our extended well, we did, version. We did, yeah, we did watch the extended unrated, but he did, Maybe, oh, okay, he did curse a lot for a PG-13 movie in theaters. But I, mm. w- I will say that, because he did throw like two F-bombs out, which is weird. Yeah. Uh, his, uh, his one line, uh, specifically of too many effing wars, I thought, like, it, like I-, I knew I was supposed to find it cheesy as like a jaded fanboy, but instead it made my heart grow three times the size. Uh, it was such a great line. 
And just the first 20 minutes from Nagasaki to him going to Japan might be the best first 20 minutes of a superhero movie maybe that I've ever seen. Oh, man, yeah. Just him. And that bear. Just the, oh, yeah. Just him, like, falling to his knees by the stream because he can't just take what he's become. And then the bear dies. And then he's just... That's a like animal he has wolverine to kill the bear? without he skipping has to a put beat. The bear out of yeah. his misery. Oh my god. Oh my god. That scene in the bar where where he just he's like, "Oh, let me guy this buy a, a, a let me buy you a beer." And then this guy has no idea. He's just like such a D that he's like going to be like, "Oh yeah, you know, I I escaped the bear." And Wolverine's like, "I'm about to cut your freaking hand off, guy." It's just so great. I think uh, I think the speech between Yoshida and uh, Logan when they finally meet again after all those years. And um, Yoshida's like, we have a word for you, a masterless samurai that just roams forever without an end, and you, you're a true ronin. And, like, we never, in my mind, we never really get to see why Wolverine loves the Japanese culture so much in the comics, but, like, this is the impetus of it in this film where he starts to love things that draw him there over the years. And um, just to put a little ribbon on it, you know, I said before, before I watched this film on a previous episode of Paper Keg that I wanted just a movie where Wolverine just went on an adventure. It didn't have to be earth shattering. It didn't have to change the face of, you know, mutant kind. I just wanted Wolverine to pack his claws in a bag and go out of town and fight something. And this movie delivered on every angle. Mm. The... I mean, talking about it right now, I want to go and watch it again right now. Um, but I, the, to just, the glaring character flaw of, what was the name, Yoshida? The, yeah. yeah. I, I mean, I thought it was so awesome in the beginning and to, to, to turn me into sour grapes at the end. I just thought it was a huge D-bag. Like, it just, I don't, I didn't, I appreciate the way he was written. Because he didn't seem to have any of these character flaws in the beginning. Like, he was very grateful for Wolverine to help him. And, you know, to even asking, even asking Logan to, you know, basically transfer his healing factor. Like, if it it had just ended there, as far as, like, character flaws, and he Mm -hmm. didn't turn into this kind of selfish jerk i think yeah i think a lot of people had that uh same opinion about the third act where it was amazing until it got kind of comic booky at the end and and i think that's what a lot of people's takeaway was but thinking about it now and i for, for whatever reason i didn't think of that um but at the beginning where they show yashida unsure of whether he was going to take his own life at the uh you know when the bomb dropped there was still a hint of he wanted to live like he didn't want to take himself out and i think that thread of story does keep up with him like he wanted to continue living no matter what and he eventually did and maybe wolverine pulling him into that kind of overshadows that a little bit Mm -hmm. but there was a moment where he didn't know what to do he's like do i want to continue living or do I want to take my own life before the bomb drops and li- and die with honor? Yeah, I, you know the third act does go from 
a very subtle superhero film to it, an out-and-out superhero film. But if you look at the third act as a whole, there's just too many shining moments, I think, to discredit it. I mean, just when he invades the Yakuza village and uh, it takes, like, something like 70 arrows and, like, lances and swords and knives to, like, just stop him. Like, there's that great moment where he's running through the center of town, like, raging. You know, he's not being subtle. He's not being stealthy. He's just going to rip through whatever he needs to get to to get Mariko. And when he falls and there's just, like, that arrangement of weaponry out of his back, that that's what it takes to finally down him. I thought that was a great moment. I actually, spoilers ahead, I love the fact that they removed his um, adamantium claws. And we, and we don't know how they're going to get back or if they will. I actually love that. I know I know people, I'm sure, hated it. Yeah. I, I, I pretty much pooped in the theater when that happened. Yeah. And I know as a fan, right? You're like, oh, my God, he lost a claw. Is this patch? Like, what is happening? Yeah. Like, what am I going to get? And then when he lost the other, you're like, this is uncharted yeah, territory. I, I was just like, what is happening? This is... How can this happen? And, like, for a second there, I I had completely forgot that he would grow the bone back. But I was like, whoa, what? Like, they just, what did they do? They just, like, castrated Wolverine. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was h- hardcore what I saw with mine eyes. <laughs> I didn't, uh, like, there were so many possibilities. Like, I thought maybe he was going to take up the uh, katana, and that would be his weapon for, yeah. like, the next X-Men so film. Oh my god, can you believe that? How awesome that would be? I wanted, like, even the second viewing, I wanted him to, to pick up the sword that Yoshida had given yes. him to finally deliver the killing yeah. blow. And then oh. I was like, oh, he's, and when he picked him up, he's like, oh, I, even the second time, like an idiot, I was like, oh man, this is where he doesn't pick up that sword. And then he grows the claws back, or like he extends his he, now grown he rage claws. Healed. And I was like, he rage oh, heals his own claws. Like the fact that I, like one of the biggest Wolverine fans ever, was totally fine with his claws getting cut off in this movie was like me being out on the drunken date where just like, at this point, you're just like, anything goes, you have me, Mangold. <laughs> Mangold. I'm, I'm willing and ready to do anything you want to do. And like up until that point, there were just so many awesome beats. And I come back to that Shinjin uh, sword fight where that was just so gloriously shot in the darkness and the backdrop. And then especially where he has the sword in his, in his chest and he refers to himself as the Wolverine. Is that, in oh, the, uh, is that the father? Oh, what kind of mon- yeah? What kind? No, that's yeah, that's the yeah, father. She does a grandfather. That's Mariko's mm-hmm. father, and um, I mean that's just that's the moment that that tells the story of the rest of the movie because we're not sure of the limits of Logan's immortality, not really. But when you get a, a katana shoved directly through your heart and you just yank it out, and when he says, "What kind of monster are you?" And he's just like accepted it. He's like, I'm the Wolverine. Mm-hmm. It's just, it kind of mirrors that moment at the end where, you know, he's kind of, you know, him and Mariko have gotten on. He's able to move past some things and Gene just kind of gets out of the bed in his mind. Oh, man. When he, so, per- when he finally breaks viewer, off with Gene. Well, oh. Even before before we get to the Gene part, I want to, before I even say it, the fight scene with Shin- Shinjin and Wolverine, it, it paid total respect to Shinjin as a sword fighter mm-hmm. because... Yeah. He literally destroyed Wolverine in that sword fight. Yeah. Like, he yeah. murdered yeah. Yep. him not maybe like 10 times. And because of Wolverine and because of who he is, he was still able to fight. And I love that. I love that they kept 
him, the Silver Samurai at that point, um, which I guess maybe was, but in, they kind of melded Shinjin and Silver Samurai together in various spots. But, but the fact that he kept that um, respect about the character, I was totally in love with that. Completely agree. But yeah, the Jean, yeah. the Jean Grey stuff was, oof, oof. I if anything, if we can just get this Jean Grey crap behind us now, like I feel like yeah. we've been exposed to more dead Jean Grey in the movies, and I don't know why. I don't <laughs> know if I have any proof to back that up, but it just feels like like Jean Grey dead has haunted us as well as Wolverine for far longer than we need to deal with. <laughs> so, and the fact that he like he found love. And was, you know, was ready to move on. And it was just, it was, that was some powerful stuff. And when Mariko told him that um, her grandfather would uh, tell her of the story of the monster Ketsuo or whatever, and how the Ketsuo would protect her no matter what, and when you don't have to be afraid of the Ketsuo. Oh, man, I love that story. Did you, you guys know there's a deleted scene in the extended edition? Uh, on the plane at the end of the film, you know, there's there's an abrupt moment where you you understand that Wolverine and uh, Yuriko are going to travel together. Like, he's going to take her under his wing. And then there's just, like, that beat where they're not sure where they're headed. You know, it's kind of like Wolverine, for the first time, has no destiny. He can go wherever yeah, he I wants. Yeah, I love that. There's a scene where she hands him a black case and says she had a special... Uh, suit made for him and you open it up and it's the yellow and black or yellow and brown wolverine costume like he never puts it on but he opens it up and it's just like the molded face mask i was uh, i was so. looking for that because i saw the headlines is that i guess that's just going to be on the blu-ray yeah like in the deleted yeah. chapters and you I, can find it on youtube though what i was was interested when we watched the extended version you can see yuriko enter board the plane with that box yeah, and I, somebody so when we're her. watching it, I was like, oh, I guess they included that scene at the end. But even in theaters, I couldn't remember if they showed her walk on the plane with the box because I thought it would be a weird thing to do uh, originally. But spe- uh, speaking of deleted scenes in this extended version, and I think it was a really small addition that I enjoyed was between Mariko and Wolverine when they're in the kind of sex dungeon hotel <laughs> Uh, and he's watching on the deck. He's, like, guarding over her. In theaters, he just kind of passes out on the deck and wakes up while they're removing the bullets. So the scene oh. where he she saves him because he gets attacked by these goons was not in the theatrical version. And I loved that. So that, that makes way more... I, I can't imagine that making sense without that scene. Yeah, so that added a kind of... Um, maybe like historical chemistry between the two that yeah. wasn't present in the theater version. And I really love that. Yeah. I think that, I think that definitely helped me and I could see why you would have been less, uh, warm and fuzzy about the relationship yeah. between the two, because that's, that definitely set up more of a, of chemistry. Yeah. And even at the end too, where like Mariko's character shifts, where when you see her, uh, from the outside of the plane, like when they're sitting in the plane and you see Mariko outside wearing her businesswoman attire, where her like badass businesswoman attire, you can see that mm. she has like a definitive strut about her. The way she's standing there with her high heels and her outfit, like she, you don't want to f with her at that point. 
Yeah, I don't even think this whole film she came off as a damsel in distress. I mean, there's that scene where Wolverine kind of like leaps to the ground as Tink, you know, getting you uh, Yakuza left and right, and then he's about to get overwhelmed, and she kind of throws the throwing stars down to like get them. Like Marigo doesn't seem like a, you know, a, a lazy or a, a not able to defend herself character. Yeah, which I love that they added that scene, and I wish it was in the theatrical version too, because I I, didn't, I couldn't see a reason why they would remove it. But the one negative too, when I remember it in theaters. But not so much the second time around was when eventually they're kind of Mariko and Wolverine are held up in this secret location, kind of uh, living life secretly where he wakes up and she is taken. He hears screams. When I first saw that in theaters, I was waiting for that to be a setup or a dream because it started off so strangely where he just kind of wakes up and she's taken and he has to run after her but on second viewing i kind of viewed it a little differently where the one time that he allows himself to be relaxed Mm -hmm. or enjoy a moment was the night they spent together and then he wakes up from that was the 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 exact moment she gets kidnapped yeah i i agree with that i agree with that that uh analysis of the scene that's what i get out of it too like he tells himself all the time that he can't even for a second let his guard down or something bad will happen in his life. So, like, he finally, like, you know what? I found my place. This is the one. I'm going to let it down. And, of course, as yeah. soon as he does, she gets kidnapped. Mm-hmm. Which is a nice... It, that's a, I don't know. And I still think he's going to use that katana slim <laughs> somehow next movie. Yeah, the um, the adamantium... I, uh, like, some part of me wishes that Yoshida's silver samurai suit was still life size where it was just maybe a little bigger than him and not yeah. just kind of this monster yeah. where you still kind of get that silver samurai comic booky vibe where it, it could still happen you know and maybe the majority of his suit is adamantium or something but and then the big i think the big bomb supposed bomb drop at the 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 last scene after the credits was an alive professor x kind of wheeling himself out there um, oh yeah, the uh, extra scene. I don't know. I, I I mean, I wasn't wowed, but I'm so far removed from. For, I almost forgot that he had died until he like. T- I don't think a lot of people know, which was like as I watched the movie with my wife and in my head, like, oh yeah, he's not dead. And then my wife's just like, I don't know, what, no idea what's going on here. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, you know, I had heard about the um, Days of Future Past before I saw this film. So I can imagine being shocked in the theater. I'm like, oh my God, they're making another X-Men or when, what's happening? But uh, ever since I heard Days of Future Past, it was, you know, nonplussed by the whole yeah. thing. I wanted to see if he was going to go off in the uh, in the uh, medical detector. Uh, medical. Geez, metal detector, yeah. Metal detector to see if he's still the adamantium. That's what I wanted to know. I wanted that adamantium question answered. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I kind of wish that they, maybe he just took a bag of adamantium with him when he left that fortress. He's like, I'm just going to yeah, take these gonna... bricks of adamantium just in case I find someone who can <laughs> melt them to my bones. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so we're, are we to believe that all the adamantium has gone or is it just the skeleton? Just No, I think just the his bones. Just the, I mean the bones, just the, cl- claws. the claws, yeah. yeah. And the rest is still adamantium. The rest right? of them is still adamantium. Got it. Yeah. Did, the, you, um, did you notice, I think, I, I wonder if it was an effect to where um, 
he was supposed to be mostly adamantium and probably weighs a thousand pounds. Every step he took was like a thunderous boom. I don't know if it was my t- my the headphones or what, no, but I, didn't notice I that. noticed like that there was a sound effect on every one of his boot steps. It was like thump, thump, thump. Mm. I mean, it would make yeah. sense. There was a cool moment where that dude punched him in the forehead on the on the train, the bullet train, and you heard like a loud thud of yeah. punching metal. That was cool. That's the, how about the bullet train scene was amazing. I thought, yeah, oh, I loved it. I loved every time. I love when he fakes the guy out. Yeah, at the end where he's figured out that they're both gonna watch for the signs, and he pretends to jump, and the guy kills himself. That was phenomenal. <laughs> Just to let you know, so morbid. But yeah, I hope I hope Mangled and Jackman come back for a second movie and i more recently since we last talked about this even mangled has said that he has an idea but he doesn't want to he doesn't want to a drift into superhero territory or b retread what they just told in in the wolverine so i'm curious to know what this idea of his i'd love to be friends with these people where they just like we have a wine wine and cheese party cheese plate party he just tells me his the wolverine 2 idea his wolverine pitch yeah but I enjoyed it. I, I loved it. I loved it a lot the second time around um, because I guess I threw away my inhibitions yeah. for the Wolverine Unicorn mm-hmm. film and just loved I, it for what it was. This movie was gorgeously shot and just fantastic story. And uh, the Wolverine movie I wanted to see. So I'm the target audience. Like if they wanted to bring everybody back into the fold with this movie, it, it succeeded with me. I loved it. And as well, I third... Until the last third of the movie, but I love—I mean, I loved it for the most part. Just the, the the uh, Megazord, Silver Samurai <laughs> was kind of, uh, and and the contraption to drill into his bone claws. I let it slide. I drunk, mangled, night out. Let it slide. <laughs> yeah, that exactly. I'll let it slide because uh, I love Hugh Jackman as Wolverine. I think he's a, a class act and. Um, let's just, let's get another one. Let's get another one, uh, in the movies and James Mangold and Hugh Jackman, please. Corded veins, dehydration, whatever you got to do at your age, Hugh, I don't care. You know, uh, he consulted the rock for, uh, bulking up tips. That's a fact right there. Can you imagine, can you imagine Wolverine and the rock working out together? Just think about that for a minute. Think about uh, it at our next wine and cheese party. <laughs> Where I pitch uh, the Wolverine starring The Rock as Sabretooth. Jonesy's last show, everybody. <laughs> uh, but yeah, this was cool. I, I'm glad we did a movie book club. Yeah, this, this was fun. We should do it again sometime. It's the only way I'll get to see Iron Man 3, perhaps. I don't know. <laughs> oh, God. I don't know if I want to do a or book club. Or Thor 2 for Slim. Maybe. We'll see. We'll see everybody next week. We want a fireside for this, but I just want to say that I think I had the camera on Jonesy the whole time, so I apologize. Why not? Rest in peace. Why not? Rest in peace, everyone.